Ale Agbayani, Alamia, aka Uncle Alan, <laughs> with you here on this Aloha Friday. At least it's not Alan the Gecko. Oh, yeah. Alan the Gecko. I'm going to print out that photo from yesterday and put it in our studio. Alan the Gecko. <laughs> in case you guys don't know what we're talking about, we were out broadcasting HPU men's and women's basketball yesterday. And towards the end of our broadcast, we had a tiny little baby gecko that wanted to hang out um, with us and was just chilling. So I nicknamed him Alan and his name is Alan the Gecko. Since Alan was in here in studio, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I looked over at Kyle during the break. I'm like, what should we call him? We need to give him a name. And then I, I think you had like said something in the headsets. I'm like, Alan, <laughs> he is Alan the Gecko. All right, coming up, this is, would you consider this breaking news? Dun, I dun, guess, dun. In, lo- in local sports, <laughs> um, breaking news and definitely top of mind. Uh, as we are getting ready for the spring for spring training for University of Hawaii football, Stephen Sai coming out with an article this morning. That's crazy, man. Does this guy sleep? Because it says updated at four forty nine a.m. <laughs> but I think it was originally published like eight hours ago. But Stephen Sai, star advertiser in today's issue, Hawaii football coach Timmy Chang committed to the run and shoot. Yes, you heard that right. Timmy Chang announces that he is committed to the run and shoot. What? And I know a lot of friends. Yes. I'm going to say it one more time just because I know people. it's been kind of like everyone trying to figure out what our offense is. According to Stephen Tsai, article in this morning, Star Advertiser, Hawaii football coach Timmy Chang is committed to the running shoot. So for his second season, he says he is going all in with the run and shoot offense. And another kind of surprising thing in this article, they will have co-offensive coordinators. So Coach Ian Shoemaker, who was last year's sole offensive coordinator, he will be co-offensive coordinators with Roman Sapolu, who will assist in crafting the game plan. And Chang will take over the play calling duties. So Timmy Chang wants to pretty much, I guess, yeah, call the plays and co- I've never heard of that before co-offensive coordinators actually more schools more than not are starting to kind of go to that one will take over the the whatchamacallit um, the run game and and then the other half the other co will, will kind of take over the passing game kind of split duties there but then there's the school of thought is is it a promotion or is it a demotion or is it both a promotion and a demotion I just think it's coach Timmy Chang doing what's best for the program. I mean, if you're going to put all your focus on one side, right? So obviously, and we always talk about our offensive line. You know, that's the key to any good offense is having a good offensive line, especially if we look at the quarterbacks we have aren't exactly as mobile as some of the other quarterbacks we've had before. So in order to make them successful and buy them more time, you need to have a strong running game, strong offensive line to help with this type of offense or any offense for that matter. So I can imagine that, you know, Coach Shoemaker has a lot of experience with different types of offense as it was really prolific there at Eastern Washington where he came from. And of course, Roman Sapolu having all that experience on the line. So that's what it'll be where Coach Shoemaker will be more in charge of the passing game part of the game plan. And then Roman Sapolu will be the running game. And then Timmy Chang will oversee everything and call the plays during the game. So he told 
Steven Sai, Coach Timmy Chang did, the main focus is I want to go to the run and shoot. Uh, he also said, quote, the playbook is about 70% done. It'll be run and shoot. I want to go to the run and shoot because historically we're good at it. That's what I know. That's the offense I've been in for a number of years at St. Louis and the University of Hawaii. That's what I grew up doing, and we're really, really good at it on the island. So we'll get to see a glimpse of what he has in mind. Spring training uh, opens on February 8th through the 5th, and the 15 spring practices were moved up because of scheduled work on the chain complex and whatnot. But one thing that stuck out to me, right, when when I first saw this article come out, and Alan and I actually talked about it a little bit before jumping on air, I'm like, wait a minute, this whole time we've been talking about how is it going to be a true run and shoot when there's a tight end? Well, fortunately, that question gets answered like midway through the article. So Coach Chang also said it'll be run and shoot, but there might be some added layers to it because I've got a tight end. So he coached tight end Colt Turner at Nevada for two years. And then Turner was the Washington Commander's fifth round pick last year. And as we are familiar with, Caleb Phillips who transferred to UH last year after playing outside linebacker at Stanford, was named to the 2022 All-Mountain West first team as a tight end. So their coach Chang, who was a tight ends coach, even though it's, I still think that's kind of interesting that he was a tight ends coach even after being a quarterback for so many years. But he's done very well with coaching up tight ends. And that's what we would always say every time people say, we should go run and shoot, run and shoot, run and shoot. I'm like, how do we go to run and shoot when we keep recruiting a tight end. So it becomes case, your slot, so to speak. Well, according to this, so just and kudos to Steven Sai because he kind of has a good breakdown here in the article in case some, you know, I know we have a lot of new fans, even new fans to, to sports in general that listen to this show. Thank you very much, by the way. Uh, it says so the offense in the run and shoot, the offense calls for receivers to run routes based on the defensive coverage. The usual alignments are two receivers on each side of the formation or three on one side and a single receiver on the other side. So instead of two wideouts and two slot backs, Chang would like to use a pass catching tight end in place of one of the inside receivers. So that's kind of where the tight end will work. Into. And of course, you're going to use him as like probably a blocker, right? Because we got some pretty big tight ends. So you have that additional blockers free up the lane for my favorite guy, Tylen Hines. And yeah, we'll just kind of see how it works out. But Everyone rejoice. But I still stick to what I was saying where I guess it's not it's still not a traditional run and shoot because, again, there is that tight end. <laughs> Look at your face. Alan's face is kind of like. Well, I, I, I what you said to me before we walked in this show, uh, uh, walked. Uh, sorry. Before, when I walked in before we got on air was we took an L. And I'm alluding to kind of like how our conversations are. We're not doing the run and shoot. We got a tight end. And now all of a sudden he says we're going to run and shoot. But I kind of view this differently. I, I know a lot of people are going to go like, see, you know, I, we told you they're going to run the run and shoot. I, I don't necessarily know if we're running the run and shoot because we want to be running the run and shoot or we just didn't get the players in this recruiting class that we need to really, no offense, um, play to what, uh, let, let's say, Coach Shoemaker wants to to run his offense. Um I look at what we brought in, no, and, and this is no offense to also John Keave, uh, Sangapo Lutele. It, I, I just, I don't know if he's the quarterback to be able to to run that prolific offensive attack that that Ian Shoemaker is used to running. And so I think this is the compromise. I think 
what you saw last year was a necessity to go to the run and shoot just because of the quarterback play. Um, and it worked. And I, and I think realizing that probably, you know, John Kiave is, is not going to be the guy right away. Maybe it's going to take him a few years, maybe to be coming in that style. The, the run and shoot is probably the best option for right now again. And, and while you have the time coming into the spring to in the, in the early offseason workouts to really start to implement your, your playbook, which is like, according to coach Chang is 70% done. I, I think it's a smart play. Uh, you know, calling it "quote unquote" adding layers to the run and shoot by utilizing a tight end as as one of your inside receivers. I I, I think you're you're just trying to sugarcoat some things. I I just don't. I to me, I don't know if they got the personnel in this recruiting class fully yet to be able to run what they really want to in the in in the long run. I think for right now, the run and shoot is what you have to. And I think to kind of cool some temperatures out there. I think you need to give the people what they want. So you'll sit there and you'll come out and be like, yeah, we're going to run the run and shoot this year. It makes sense. It gets the job done for this year. We're still growing as a, as a team and as a program. And this gives us another recruiting class to bring in someone. Now, if they brought in it, like, you know, like a DJ, then maybe I, I don't, I don't think you see us in the run and shoot, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's just to simplify everything if they stick to one thing because last season they did a little bit of everything. At the end, they did the run and shoot. They employed the air raid, the pistol, the spread, run pass option. They did a little bit of everything and it was crazy how how it didn't it wasn't necessarily bad. Like we were still in games. We almost won games. We did win games we shouldn't win. And the fact that we were able to do that with so many new players and shout out to them that they were able to make it work considering like half the team basically were brand new to this type of offense. And you're still trying to learn on the go. The coaches themselves are trying to learn not only like, about this team, but also about each other. You know, they've, they're just coaching together for the first time. Sure. They go back and have like, actual like friendship relationships because Timmy Chang brought in a lot of uh, coaches that had Hawaii ties or played for Hawaii before. So there's that. But when you're like managing and handling a team of this size, a football team and trying to get everyone together, that's why I think it, it's good to split the duties between Coach Shoemaker and Roman Saupolu. And I don't look at it. I, I, I'm, I'm the type of person too that like I'm not the one looking for conspiracy theories when it comes to anything. So I don't think there's Again, yeah, it's not a promotion or a demotion. I just think it's Coach Timmy Chang is doing what his job is, being the head coach and finding what will work the best. Him taking over the play calling and separating the duties of the offense between two coaches, two very well-qualified coaches so that they're only... Their main focus is on those two pieces, and Coach Chang is going to be the one that brings it all together and hopefully makes it all work but it'll be a little salt based sprinkle of a tight end that gets thrown in there as well so i'm excited for it i'm i'm excited that there is a plan and and that's to be expected in going into the second season just like last season it was kind of expected that hey anything can happen because it's a first year head coach he's coming back home all the stuff is going on he's focused on coaching but also he's focused on fundraising as you should be as a head coach bringing all the alumni back and getting the interest back with the University of Hawaii program. But it's good. I just, like I said, I like that there's a focus and a plan. And I personally am not reading into the whole co-offensive coordinator 
duties like I know some people might. But I think people should just be excited. And again, spring training is going to open soon and we'll get to see it. Hopefully he'll have a a few open practices. I know for the media, we're fortunate we'll get to go no matter what to most of them. But it should be open. Timmy Chang is very open with the spring training um, stuff. So, you know, I'm just, excited. Just real quickly, uh, you, you look at the breakdown of the recruits who brought in this recruiting class. It was more focused. It was more... <laughs> Focused on the the defensive side of the ball, they got they got a few players here and there, like on the offensive side. But it was really defensively focused, so that that should tell you something already. Based on last year, really not getting a, a this this recruiting class being built upon the you know predicated on the offensive side of the ball. So, Although that's still early. No, I didn't. No, and that, and that's what I mean. It's and the early LLI side. Comes whoa in less than a month, about so, a month. Yeah. So the early signing period is really defensive focused. I'm not sure what the next signing period is is, is going to entail, but that should give you an indication of where we stand. And and I think, but I think just you're you're kind of getting late in the ball game to really name an offensive style of what you're going to play. But you wouldn't have tight ends if you're really going to do this. You just wouldn't. I I, I think it would have been a mistake to 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 do it. But it it. it it almost seems like this is just a smokescreen just to say, hey, you know what, let's give the people what they want for right now, but we're still building for a reason. <laughs> wow. You think Toby Chai is doing a smokescreen and not actually going to do a run and shoot? I think you, you go with what you're comfortable for right now until you get the players, your full recruiting classes in to where you can run truly what you want to run. Which I think is still going to be. I think it's going to be a hybrid. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think it's going to be, but I think I think what you'll see is a flip. I think you'll, you'll go seventy percent Ian Shoemaker, thirty percent run and shoot is what I think you'll eventually see. Ah, that would be ideal. I mean, because you look go at, back to it, right? They always said if you can, if you can define it, you can defend it. And now they're defining a run and shoot, but they're sprinkling in the tight end. I still think they don't go back though. So what do you to, call this then? I told you, a little salt-based sprinkle of a tight end. I mean, because they're... We can't call everything a little salt-based sprinkle. But then they're essentially, because he's only, he said, they're only replacing that inside receiver. So the the formations will be the same. You're going to run routes based on the defensive coverage. So all of that stuff is going to be traditional run and shoot, and you're just replacing that inside receiver with the tight end. Yeah, I I get it. I I just think, based on what Timmy brings to the table, what Ian Shoemaker is, I I think you're going to see more of a a hybrid style eventually down the road. I think this year will probably be 80% run and shoot, 20% a little bit of Ian. Um, I, but I think maybe in year three or four, what you're going to probably see is, uh, is literally, I think, probably that, that whole flip, it goes about 70 Ian, 30 run and shoot. But then even that run and shoot is a little bit, those numbers are going to be a little bit skewed because I think you're going to see a little pistol. I think you're going to see a little air raid. Actually, because if you look at Ian Shoemaker's offense, it's a Predominantly air raid, to be honest. Um, I think you'll see a new hybrid style. I just don't think they have the personnel to run that hybrid style right now. I'm just excited for the offensive, like the running game too, because like I said, oh no, earlier, the offensive line's not better. Doesn't matter. But that's what I mean. That's why I said Roman Sapolu's getting that co-offensive coordinator, so they're going to split duties where Ian Shoemaker focuses on the passing game. Roman Sapolu obviously focuses on the offensive line and the running game. And then you craft the game plan that goes together. When you have that like explosive, quick running back in Tylen Hines and a young, hungry player, and you get that offensive line to function the way that they should— 
we're going to see a lot of stuff. So that way you're not always reliant on necessarily your passing game and part of the run and shoot. And some games will, depending on the defensive coverage, hey, we're going to really, really utilize that running game if we can get it to work together. But it'll be interesting to see Coach Timmy Chang being in charge of the play calling as well. So we'll see. Well, anyways, we'll continue this conversation and get to some other things happening in local sports when we come back on Wake Up in the Day. I'll hear this. And this one comes straight from the dance hall. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani Alamia on this Aloha Friday. All right, taking a look at this, we've been talking about Stephen Tsai's article in the Star Advertiser today that Timmy Chang is committed to the run and shoot. But again, it's a little salt-based sprinkle action of a tight end that will be in place of one of the inside receivers that are normally incorporated in the run and shoot. Because just to review, Alan and I kept saying when everyone's like, go back to the run and shoot. But we kept saying we can't because we have a tight end. Well, there's a there's a going to be a place for a tight end in this in Timmy Chang's run and shoot or all in run and shoot offense. And uh, it got me thinking about some of the early signees that we had not too long or just last month. Uh, looking at the offensive line, as in case you missed it, Ian Shoemaker and Roman Sapolu are now co-offensive coordinators. But on Roman's side, you know, likely going to be in charge of obviously the offensive line and the running game in this new scheme. And we've talked about it a lot about size of the offensive line and a lot of the early signees is going to help. I mean, I don't know if all of these guys are going to play right away, but just to kind of review, you know, we have Josh Atkins, 6'4", 299. Uh, we have Caleb, 6'4", 280. Isaac Mangaleo'o, 6'7", 320. Uh, Freddie Pelling, 6'8", 305. So bringing some of that size, as we talked about before, to that offensive line, hopefully will help run this offense and be successful, including just using incorporating that explosive running game, as I keep mentioning, Tylen Hines, when we need to. And bringing in someone like Liatama Uliata out of Waipahu, who he's listed as a wide receiver, but could be another one of those like slot type of receivers that I could see very much. I mean, it's a lot to say someone's going to be the next Chad Owens, but... Liatama could kind of be that type of player. He he has that experience. He has that drive. And he's not very big. He's listed at 5'11", 200 pounds, but likely would fit in pretty good with his offense. Again, though, these are all new to the team. So it's not like I'm not going to assume that they're all going to start right away. But I just wanted to kind of review and give everyone kind of a reminder of some of the early signees that came in. And we still have the actual signing day that'll come up next month. Woo. It's it's an exciting time for sure. And I, I like how they all are they are bulking up. Um and I'm interested in some of these grad transfers not grad transfers. See, usually when people transfer it's because they are grad transfers, but the transfer portal uh signees that are coming in, I'm excited about some of those those guys coming in as well because they bring what what I think this team really needs to is 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 just added experience. Um, so I, I think it's a good blend, but you're right out of, out of how many freshman recruits coming in are, are actually going to make an impact or let alone play, uh, you know, probably maybe only a handful if that, um, 
I think football's a different animal. I, I think you you really don't get your opportunity until you mature up. And I think for a freshman, I think it's a rare, rare case that the freshman's ready to go unless you're just on a on a different level, one athletically and mentally uh, and physically, to be to be fair, um, especially when you get to D1 ball. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Roman Sohola really going to be concentrating on that run-block scheme. Um, you know that run block game for for them as as they they implement this run and shoot, but I think it gives the fans what they want. I really at the end of the day, I'm gonna say it again. I think it gives the fans what they want, and I think that's what we need right now. We worked we worked on the program the first year. Now the second year is about the the fans and and and, and you know installing faith back in the fans. And and the one way to do that is gives give them something they're familiar with right now. That's the run and shoot, and I think it works out. And I, again, I think we just have the personnel automatically on the islands for it. Um, we're not going to get the biggest guys that can run a West Coast offense. We're not going to get the fastest receivers that can run an air raid outright. You know what I mean? So I think the run and shoot's a perfect blend for us. And I, but I, but this is probably one of the first recruiting classes where I see just real bulk, real, real big size, length and and weight, and and just uh, you know physical presence. So. Excited to kind of see the blend of how you called it, the hybrid offenses that are going to come about from this run and shoot, so to speak. You forgot to add yet at the end of your sentence. We weren't, we were not going to get those players yet. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> see, I can't. We're going to okay. get them. We've I, already, I, I, already I, I, I know where you're like... going, but but you're you're living in sunshine. Sunshine and Rainbow Land again. Well, we are in Hawaii again. Why would you oh. want to go play? I don't in the know. Cold? I don't know. We're getting rid of the, our iconic Rainbow license plate. So That's I should tell it's you, it's running out. It's not very hard to make more. No, the numbers, the numbers and letter sequences. How do you run out? We don't have that. Ma- you run out. They run out. I'm gonna They're do the like math. Can the, someone give me the actual? Out- That's what they said, and and they said it's not happening like this year. It's going to be a while. They're just. Like preparing, preparing for it us now. mentally, so it's probably not. And going do I to... have to get another one? I don't know. Or can I keep? I mine? think you keep yours. I think I don't think it's going like you don't have to replace it because then you'd run out of numbers again, or numbers and letters. <laughs> well, no, you just you'd have to go to a different numbering system. Instead of six, three, and three, you know, like California does seven total, so it's like it's one number, three letters, three numbers. Yeah, but I think there's reasonings for whatever your California doesn't run out, but they have, but they have more. I'm just saying, <laughs> we're not in the land of sunshine and rainbows, apparently. What? Have you walked? Never mind. <laughs> we are going to get the players that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're going to go and like beat USC for a receiver. You don't have to say USC. What do you mean? Be like any school in the mainland. That's what I mean. Like you think when big we big boys to a are going to stay we, on the mainland. No, when we get to a place where we're successful, you're saying like UNLV or Nevada are going to get receivers that like we can't get. That's what I mean. Like just like NIL deals, you know. Like it's never going to be an issue with Hawaii versus the guys getting deals at Texas and Alabama because we would never get those players anyways. So I'm just saying on a competitive level, people in All like right. the group of five, we will get. Those receivers and the talent that we need, it's just not yet. Because people want to come, players want to come to a successful program. And obviously, we don't have the track record for a successful program. Yet. <laughs> yet. 
Alan. <laughs> That's what, what I mean. Talking about, we're going to the. Sh- what are you talking about? We're going to the Sugar Bowl every year. It's okay, Sugar Bowl or bust. Live, I don't live in that much of a sunshine and it's rainbow. Sugar land. Bowl or bust for us. <laughs> I don't live in that much of like unicorn land. I'm, but I'm very realistic in that we're going to the whack pack championship game every year. I see. You're on board with calling it the whack pack. It's pretty like cool. It. Huh? Sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Imagine me. What conference do you play for? I play for the WAC pack. I was about to say like the big pack something and then whatever number of You could schools. do the big WAC pack. Nah. No, I like WAC pack. Big pack 24, just because that's my favorite number. Actually be like big pock. Ooh. Mm, see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not that bad. <laughs> but anyways, yes, we will get the players and compete at least, or at least be on the top of the standings. I mean, that's all we can be realistically excited for. And I think we're on that good direction. And like Timmy Chang told recruits on their visits last month, you know, he's going to be here for a long time. And I think in today's age where coaches, yeah, yeah, we can say what we want about players in the transfer portal. But when we just see coach, we are talking about Bobby Petrino yesterday and he's only an offensive coordinator. He's like, peace out. You know, so if you're me, a head coach, they're just going all over the place. Talk about Michigan and Harbaugh well, possibly leaving. Oregon so, State comes. Let, let's say Oregon State. I'll say Oregon State because it's a West Coast team. No, I shouldn't say Oregon State because they're damn good right now. <laughs> let's let's pick um, uh, Stanford. Stanford's struggling right now. Stanford comes, Timmy Chang. Timmy, six mil a year, five-year deal. Do you think, honestly, Timmy's here? I think he would at least give UH a chance to match. Not, I mean, I know he's more realistic. I don't think he's going to be like, you need to Okay, let's, let's bring that but... number down. Hey, Timmy. 2.4 mil a year. I just throwing a random number. 2.4 mil a year, five-year deals, 10, 10 mil a year deal. Do you think you think Timmy goes? Stanford? I think Sherry. De- I think Sherry decides. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm not I mean, again. No, I'm, no, just, no. I'm, I'm asking the question think, though because I think, I think Timmy... it's hard to tell recruits you're going to be here for a while because when that Power Five conference comes calling, no matter what school it is, and goes, here's a, here's an extra. You know, you're making what four hundred thousand? What's he making? Eight hundred thousand here. Here's an extra one. Five hundred base. Five, okay, five hundred base. Here, here's another. You know, one point seven mil a year for the next five years. But that's going to be like. You, but, a couple of years before he anyone will come calling, right? So he's getting five hundred, the lowest paid in the Mountain West, and I, I don't want to say rightfully so, but when you look at a resume, he had no experience whatsoever as a head coach, right? So if you have no experience in a job, I'm just you're using not going to yeah, garner. I'm, I'm using it as a yeah. So I feel like in a couple of years, if he's successful. Oh, but now David Matlin's not the AD, so hopefully, hopefully we don't have an athletic director like Herman Frazier. That's like. By the way, I was gonna throw his name out there yesterday. Bring back Herman. Oh, so that when Timmy Chang does well, he can be like, bye, <laughs> like what he did to Ju Jones. I just I was saying it for reasons since we all wanted to live in the keep living in the past with JJ for everything. Might as well bring out the like bring back the old boys club. <laughs> So I mean, to really look show, at our hypothetical. Show should return to to the women's team. Charlie should go back to. 
<laughs> Women's volleyball. <laughs> you should bring back Mike uh, Riley Wall. Not, not I'm a Mike Wall. Um, what was it? what was it? Uh, the before Charlie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wilton. Aaron, Wil- Mike Wilton. You. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Riley, not Riley Wallace. Mike, yeah. Um, you know, just bring back the old boys club. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> no, but now that I answer your question, I'm like, dang it. Now now this is I'm actually thinking about it. Because honestly, I don't think it'll be like, hey, here we're gonna dangle this carrot in front of you and Timmy will up and leave for like just because it's more money. Like I think he would give Hawaii and, you know, the behind the scenes mafia to rally up and try to find a way to pay his salary if he has that much success. Like, I think he's doing a good job with all the support he's getting. I don't know. There's been a couple coaches here that had some darn good success here that are no longer here and uh, are making more elsewhere. Minus one right now because he's in a... Yeah, but again, that's not Timmy Chang. I didn't think it was another guy either, but oh, I, I, that for sure. I mean, you always you you've said it before that Hawaii is kind of like the stepping stone. I yeah. always thought it was. That's for why Ro- I'm saying it's hard. I, I always thought it was for Rolo though. Like from the very beginning, like I already knew once he started finding success, I was like, ah, he's probably gonna leave. Like Timmy is more. It's more hard to tell, in my opinion, just because his his family ties are so deeply rooted here, and he's done the mainland coaching thing. He's lived in Canada. He's you know, and I genuinely feel like he wants to make home successful and I think if he's slowly like if he gets to that peak of success here he'd want to leave it he before he left for lot a lot more money I think he'd want to make sure that it would be in good hands here before he did that I don't see him as personally being the coach to be like oh I'm getting this opportunity like I don't really care who comes in to replace me like peace out I'm gone like you guys can figure it out I think he would Put pieces in place to try to help the program continue to be successful before he was like, I'm going to dig out. Bye. No, <laughs> Bye. I, I, I agree. But again, that question, though, that I, but I think in the landscape of college football where. Except for a select few, because they just get paid uber, uber, mm-hmm. uber amounts of money. Um, loyalty is is not something that that is that is there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and 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 so I I think it's just hard. You know, the reason why the only reason why I asked it because I believe you. I, I believe Timmy would stay, but I, at the same time, I don't know though if I'm going to recruit telling him like, hey, I'm going to be here for a long time because trust me, I'll tell you to your face too. I'm going to be here a long time, Kool Aid. But if someone came calling, here's an extra, let's say, you know, here's an extra amount of money. I'd have to think about it. And don't get me wrong, I think his version of long time, because again, this was only two recruits, like current or recent recruits. So him telling them I'm going to be here for a long time is essentially like four or five years, which I think is realistic. I think he would still be here for All four right, or five years. All right, I'll take years. that. Okay. So you're telling the recruits this last month, I'm going to be here for a long time, aka at least four or five years for them to come in. But yeah, I still think if he does leave... Because you can't blame okay. someone for leaving That's for that good. much. Yeah, I got, I got, I got it. Sometimes I know what I'm talking sometimes, about, Alan. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll admit. No, all right. You got me, you got me seeing it in a different light now, <laughs> there finally. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You're not bad. You're not right. bad. Okay. Yeah. You're going to learn today. you oh, 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 oh. You're going to learn today. Anyways, on that note, before things get really weird, we need to step aside to regroup here at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You're going to learn today.
Beautiful people, let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani, Uncle Alan, aka Alan the Gecko. <laughs> Getting a lot of nicknames I don't really want. Here. I think even yesterday he called me Grandpa. That was a little rude. <laughs> well, I said like Alan slash. Sometimes you can be Grandpa Alan. Although Uncle Alan stayed up late last night. Uncle Alan has some. If anybody's got some advice for me, please, I'll take it. Because there are nights I. I don't sleep at all. Like and and not because I'm I drink coffee or caffeine or anything. I just I can't sleep. <laughs> ay ay ay. Um so yesterday we were out with like we both had late nights again and we're going to get into it. We are our holiday season is over. We um we are back in full swing with having a lot of local play-by-play coming up. Last night we were out at the Shark Tank for Hawaii Pacific University men's and women's basketball versus Point Loma. Shout out to the women who had a convincing seventy to forty-one win, and it was a flip side for the men as they fell to Point Loma, who, by the way, though is at the top of the PacWest Conference and undefeated in conference play and are thirteen and three overall so but the men lost 90 to 59 and you know it was just I mean we said it in the broadcast like Point Loma just couldn't miss like from the outside it was insane like HP was doing just fine in their defense and they were closing out on or closing in on their outside shooters but it's just Point Loma had all the confidence in the world sometimes you throw it up goes up every single time so I mean, there's really nothing you can do. We kind of chatted with Jesse Nakanishi, the assistant coach for the Sharks, and he kind of said the same thing. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's just one of those games. When when a team is shooting like that, whew, what are yeah. you going to do? I, I thought defensively the Sharks, you know, from, from the broadcast standpoint, you know, was playing good defense. Like you said, the main thing was closing out. Wasn't giving up on balls, like not getting out on their man, you know, the closing out. Um, getting in lanes, it's just, you're right. When sometimes teams, no no matter what, some for whatever reason, they get hot as a whole. And that's really what Point Loma was. It, it seemed like, hey, running down on the shot clock, got to just throw it up and, and, and put my hands in the sky and pray to, pray to God and, and hope this goes in. Well, guess what? Those were going in. And, uh, you know, Point Loma was on fire. They're, they're number one in conference for a reason. I'm not sure nationally they're up there too, I think, right? Oh, I haven't looked it up, but they're I think good. nationally they're up there as well. Um, but they're they're up there for a reason. I mean, they're a good shooting team with good size, and you know the Sharks just I, I hate calling it it's still kind of a rebuild year if you really think about it. With Coach V being back in the fold uh, full time now after splitting duties last year, uh, kind of has a brand new team. Really, he's only got a handful of returnees. Uh, the rest are kind of some grad transfers that are, you know, still coming into their own as well as as part of this program and and what you know Coach V and Jesse want. Um, so, but it's got to get better for the Sharks and it's got to get better fast. And and you know I hate saying it, but re- reality is, it you can't be winless in conference. No, no matter what the situation was last year, coming into this year with some grad transfers and experience coming in, it should have been you should have been seeing some a little bit of a better product out there, and I think that's what's worrisome. Yeah, and then and then on the flip side, right? If you're the men's team, zero and four in conference, and then you're 
team that plays before you, the women, are four and one in conference and look really, really good. With a brand new head coach, with kind of the same situation. Brand new head coach. Fortunately, they have a go-to in Abby Spurgeon. She put up 19 points and had 13 rebounds last night. But then they still have their players that they had last year, like Avery Cargill, who we mentioned a lot during the broadcast. I'm sure you remember her, that she just... Her baller side is back, you know, and I mentioned it a lot during our broadcast that last year was almost like it was just so sad to watch some of these women because you could tell like the the light just kind of died inside of them towards the end of the season, just everything they had to go through. And now to see players like Avery have that like that swag back and that real love for the game that you can just see and stability. Yeah. And then they play so well together. They're so unselfish. I'm getting chicken skin just talking about because they look like a really, really good team. And I'm so excited for, again, like you said, brand new head coach, Katie Novak. And I still have to always give her a shout out though. This woman is pregnant too. And she's like going out coaching, doing her thing. And it's really impressive to watch how she's gotten all these women to buy into the program. And they look really, really good. You know, that team really, when I say stability, they just needed someone that they knew they could trust to that was going to take the helm and, and really right the ship, right? Last year, you have Coach V, though. You know, even though you have Coach Vorderberger there, you, you go as a player, you go like, is he here with us? Is he yeah. really here and with you know. us? You, you and like, is he like, who's going to be it next year? You're just kind of going through emotions. You just want to get the year over with and be like, you know what? You're right. The light is gone. I'm not I'm not turning it back on today. I just kind of want to go to sleep and let this thing, you know, wake up from this bad dream, which last year was for the women's program. Um, and so now, you know, you get Katie Novak coming in and all of a sudden it's the bright light. It's it's what they needed. Stability, yet a very good coach, good recruiter um, came in and just set the set the conference on fire right now and uh, put them on notice that they're that this team is legit. They're athletic big and fast and and they can they can put up points and play defense. The men's team again you hate saying it, some discussions got to start happening though because you you need to see a little bit better of a product right now and and that's you know whether that's just maybe you give them a, you you give this program another year to see really what they can do mm-hmm. after riding their ship, gaining their stability cuz they're kind of in the same boat. See what it's never mind. Uh, but <laughs> not like, rocking. yeah, but but you know, but they deserve some, you know, don't get me wrong, they deserve a lot of leeway this year as well as they kind of get back into a normal, uh, you know, sense of normalcy. But uh, it last night was, I think you chalked that one up, like you said, there's no better way to put it, but yeah. besides, like, don't just, get me wrong, I feel like either way, it probably would have. I mean, you don't want to always assume you're going to lose a game, but. Point Loma is one to be like they're at the top and undefeated for a reason. So you you kind of already had a feeling, all right, maybe it's going to be an L, but you want to at least keep it close. But you need to win some of your other games, especially against Chaminade, UH Hilo, the, the teams that you know you can legitimately compete with. And we're not getting those wins. You know, they dropped the two to UH Hilo and they need to figure that out. And I remember last season, right, we were just thinking, oh, it just seems like they just don't have the athletes like, oh, they they're missing some guys. The other team's always bigger, more physical, more athletic, built better. Last year they didn't have the shooters. Yeah. But this year, you know, we have like a lot more of a physical presence. Like we have a lot, like a few more athletes that they had brought in, but there's just something they can't figure out and they just can't get it in the tank basket. <laughs> like, how is it? It's just, I don't know what it needs to like just. I don't know. It just there. Sometimes they're right there under the basket, and it just bunnies that you here's, should be making just don't fall in. Here's what I think HPU needs. Uh, 
I think they need a good recruiting class, but how do you get a good recruiting class for their for for you know for HPU? You gotta have a home that's not a high school gym. No, you really do, because because there's a lot of great D two talent out there that would come here. I I I I can't imagine them not. You know what I mean? But you gotta have a home. Can't be like oh we play at a high school gym. Yeah, because Shamanaj gym is a lot bigger. Looks like an actual, you know, yeah. small college gym. I mean, like, technically, that's the high school gym, though. Yeah, no, it is. But <laughs> St. Louis is just Sha- the bigger see, gym. See, but the thing is, Chaminade has something that they can rest their laurels on. And, and that's simply, well, we're the host of the Maui, the Maui Invitational. So we get yeah. to play the cream of the crop. You might be D2, but you're going to play D1 talent and be, you know, a lot of eyes are going to be on you because hoping for the next big upset. HPU doesn't have that. So what do you got to give them? You got to give them a home. Well, shout out to the women. Actually, <laughs> you know, for all their programs, they need a home. <laughs> yeah. They're working on it, though. No, I know they are. Behind the scenes, they're working I, no, on I it. No, just... I know they are. That, and that's the cool thing, being like being oh, with like, them now. So the University of Hawaii at Manoa isn't the only one trying to find homes. <laughs> uh, Anyways, on that note, when we come back, we will switch or close out the show with a little bit of NFL as it was announced yesterday that the Buffalo Cincinnati game will not be resumed. So it is essentially a no contest will canceled slash considered a no contest. And we will explain the different factors that will go into the uh, conference championship conference. Say what? (laughs) The conference championship, AFC championship. As I'm still thinking of like college basketball while I'm discussing this. Anyways, we'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. I hear music. I hear music. Aloha Friday from the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Did I ever tell you the story of this song? I don't think so. So before I moved here, when I first heard this song, I used to thought it. it I used to think it was island music. Oh yeah, I think I yeah. I think you mentioned that. The and last so time no matter you, and no matter how many times like I hear this song and I know the actual lyrics to it, I always still sing island music rather than I hear music. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head because I always thought okay. it was island music. I'm sure we hear a lot of, I'm trying to think of a song where I was like that when I was thinking it was one thing or it was one of those, like, you feel like you hear a certain thing, but you're thinking, no, that can't be the lyrics. And then you finally figure out what the lyrics are and you're like, oh. It's the one from like the the song from, what was it, CIS, one of the I CIS forget. shows is like, uh gonna come up and I'll be like that's the song that's All the song right. that you, I was talking about there's this uh year, sorry real quick side note sidetrack <laughs> uh there is this comedian um this English comedian he does a skit like that where it, he like all these all this time he thought like these are the lyrics and he plays like a popular song and he goes no but this is the actual lyric and in like but when you listen to it it actually sounds like what he thinks it is because you know you just gotta have a pin pinpoint accuracy on your hearing to be able to really make it out what they're saying and it's so funny the crowd goes crazy i'll have to look it up and send it to you i think you'll get a kick out of it 
It's because it happens more times than you not. Know. I just that that song always. <laughs> I always think it says island music, no matter what. It's okay. That's my little. It's thing. not like it's a bad thing to hear. It's but... not a bad miss. You know what I mean? It yeah. could have been worse. Yeah. Or I you're mean, just, just. It's just Alan. It's an Alan thing. <laughs> Anywho, so as we mentioned before the break, with the final week of the NFL regular season being here, and man, I can't believe we're going into the NFL playoffs already. This is time is going by. So, because of what uh, had happened at Monday Night Football this past Monday with Demar Hamlin, there was kind of like a question mark as to what was going to happen with that game because they didn't get far into the game. And so yesterday the NFL ruled it that it will not resume and it's going to be canceled and a neutral AFC championship game site is being considered. So there's all these different scenarios that the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed as scenario one. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or both tie, and that's going into this final weekend. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo, which I feel like Baltimore will lose, but a Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So there are like tons of different scenarios to look out for, which, by the way, there are a couple of games tomorrow. And just so in case all you NFL fans are only looking forward to Sunday, there are two games tomorrow, one being the Kansas City Chiefs playing at Las Vegas. Kansas City, though, favored by nine. That game at 11.30 and following in the afternoon at 3.15, you have the Titans at Jacksonville. Jacksonville actually favored by six and a half. Man, the poor Titans. They just like started off, started off. What What, what is our thing? Started from the top. Now no, here, started, here started, on yeah. the bottom. We started from, but it's supposed to be started at the bottom and now we're here right at the top. Yeah. Maybe, right. And so taking a look at the AFC side, that's why right now you don't have anyone that has clinched the top seed actually on either side. This That's why this weekend matters. And as much as, you know, the, the NFL world and the general public is very concerned for DeMar Hamlin, who has shown progress, by the way. FaceTime. Yeah. So he FaceTime. He's awake and stuff. But breathing then, on his own. They then it brought me back to like, that's so crazy. How And granted, both heart situations are completely different but we brought it up when we discussed it on Tuesday where Christian Erickson the soccer player that had a car- suffered a cardiac arrest during a game and then Damar Hamlin and like that 15 minute gap in between it's being able to difference. leave for the hospital and being able to administer CPR right away to Christian Erickson because you knew right away that something wasn't wrong but in football there's all these different scenarios thinking it's a head thing you don't move his head and you can't get through his chest because they're wearing the pads yeah, which There's, actually their trainer, assistant trainer for the Bills. No, I thought it was an assistant coach. It was an assistant, assistant coach. coach. I think it was an assistant coach. No, I think it was a trainer. Was it a trainer? Yeah. 
but not like their head trainer for Buffalo that administered CPR. But um, anyways, I was assistant coach. I want to get to the the playoff rankings just so people know what to look out for before we end the show so the the Chiefs and the Bills so the Chiefs Bills and Bengals that's why I could all they're all like at the top of the AFC listed currently as Chiefs one Bills two Bengals three but again anything can happen Chargers are at five Ravens are at six there are two playoff berths still available on the AFC side so listed as in the hunt are the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New England Patriots on the bubble, though, still are the Miami Dolphins, the Steelers, and the Titans, which is like the Titans likely not to happen. But oh, now there's all the speculations with the Dolphins. and But they get chance. Their Week 18 matchup is against the Jets, whose starting quarterback is Joe Flacco. I didn't even know that guy was still there. <laughs> so being that it must. But on the NFC side, the Eagles are at one. Niners are at two. Vikings at three. Bucks at four. And the Dallas Cowboys, whoop, whoop, which you can listen to right here on HSRN, are at five. Giants are at six. In the hunt, you have the Seahawks. On the bubble, Lions, Packers, not the Bears. Oh, my. <laughs> See what I did there? Do-do. Anywho, tomorrow we will be out at Roosevelt <laughs> High School Rough Riders uh, taking on or hosting Kalani in OIA Boys Basketball. So be sure to tune in. Broadcast begins around just before 7. For Alamia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Have a good weekend. Home of the Dallas Cowboys, KGUAM, K236CR, Honolulu, is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.